So the other day when I was supposed to be reading Shakespeare, I ended up reading Dune by Frank Herbert again. And uh, it's a great, great novel. If you've never read it, it really is fantastic. But it just suddenly dawned on me while I was reading this work, there are no books, no novels, no stories about the future prior to the Enlightenment. Why is that? I mean, when you think about it, there are works about the apocalypse or the end of the world, but that's sort of a cosmogonical thing. You know, it's a destruction of one work, destruction of one world and creation of another. That's a cosmogony. And you can look at the book of Revelation or you can look at the stories of Ragnarok in the, in the Edda, but you don't have any stories on the one hand, of people living in the future. And you don't have any stories of speculative thought about what the future might be like. I can't think of any. I mean, if you can think of one, that'd be great. Leave, leave, a, leave a comment or let me know. Now, why is that? I, I just It's quite startling. Why is there not one story about the future? prior to the era of the Enlightenment. I do have some thought on that. I mean, what happened in the Enlightenment was was a radical shift in European thought. We shifted from living a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year existence in the same way that our fathers had done and our, their fathers and their fathers before them. We no longer were tied to the uh, cycles of the earth and the seasons. We were no longer um, bound to have to raise our money and have funds simply because we had land or we were related to somebody. All of a sudden, after the Enlightenment, you had the creation of jobs and the creation of machines that, that, that freed us, if you will, from the natural world. And I think that makes a huge difference. Now, I, you know, those are good things. There are bad things about the Enlightenment too, but those are the good things when you think about it. I mean, in in the past, before the Enlightenment, what happened when it got really, really cold? Well, you froze to death. <laughs> you know, what happened when you caught a disease of some kind, whether cancer or something like that? I mean, what happened? Well, you died. Um, what happened when it got dark? Uh, at night when the sun went down. Well, it got dark and you stopped working and everything ceased. There were no factories to produce massive amounts of food or clothing or product. There was no commerce or trade like we know it now. There were no lights to turn on at night. I mean, there are candles, sure, but there are no lights to turn on at night. There were no vehicles to ferry you from one spot to the other. I mean, horses, yes, that's true no automobiles or airplanes or trains. With all those inventions that occurred after the Enlightenment, well, due to the Enlightenment, you could say, um, we were suddenly broken from the course of the world, being bound to the world. So, on the one hand, no longer were we having to always think about how we could fit into that old way of doing things, that old pattern, that old 
um, cycle of life. But we were beginning to think, how will our new inventions affect us? How will they change us? How will they alter us? I mean, for instance, the first future work, so far as I know, that exists, was actually written by Mary Shelley. She was the author of Frankenstein. In 1818, she published Frankenstein. But Frankenstein is not the futuristic novel. She wrote one after Frankenstein, which is called, I think, if memory serves, The Last Man. And The Last Man is set in the future. And it has a a massive disease that breaks out and destroys the population of the Earth. And there's one guy left. Now, a full disclosure, I haven't read the work, I only know of the work, so I can't speak to its veracity or its uh, entertainment value or anything like that. I simply know that it exists. But it's the first work, so far as I know, that sets a story in the future. A dystopic future, but the future. That seems to indicate that people like Mary Shelley were already thinking at that time about where our new inventions were going to take us. Where were our new um, toys that we were creating to liberate ourselves from the earth? Where were they going to send us in the future? And it seems like that's the beginning of dystopic literature. But I think there's something else to note about her story. That she doesn't tell a story like Blade Runner, for instance, by Philip K. Dick where the future is affected by technology or by um, machines. She doesn't tell a story like Terminator or like Silent Running or like Soylent Green. She doesn't tell stories like that. I mean, it's it's a dystopic story, but my point is that in the future, the devastation is not caused by man's idiocy or man's excess. Rather, it's caused by a virus that breaks out and cannot be controlled. And thus, it's caused by nature itself. Nature, hostile to man, destroys the race. And that, to me, is quite startling, too, because I can't think of anywhere else in literature before that era of the Enlightenment, the 1800s, that that sort of theme exists. And again, why not? I mean, you think about... 1315, the world had a massive cooling that occurred, and then in 1317, due to that cooling, there was tremendous starvation that broke out all across Europe. And in 1345, there was the Black Death that destroyed a third of the population, uh, and then various other instances of the Black Plague cropping out in Europe at, at various points in history. So Europeans were not unaware of pestilence or death or famine. They had it all the time. Those are the three of the four major figures in the story of Revelation, as a matter of fact. War, famine, pestilence, and death. However, strangely enough, they never have those figures, those events, as hostile to man on an arbitrary basis or created by man through his technology or his stupidity. 
every time you see the occurrence of war, famine, pestilence, or death in literature prior to the Enlightenment, it's always the will of God. It's always part of some cosmic scheme. It's always punishment for some wrongdoing that mankind has has committed. So I'm wondering if maybe this isn't the key to the creation of futuristic writing, sci-fi, if you will, a dystopic writing. Is it that the Enlightenment consciously, it seems, broke the worldview that there was a plan or a logos or a god? Now, I don't want to debate whether there is a god or not. That's not my, my thing here. But it seems as though when the Enlightenment was in full swing in the 1800s, it had started already in the 1700s, uh, probably early to mid-1700s, and it was in full swing by the 1800s. When it was, its project involved a getting rid of the old superstitions, a breaking of the the uh, the church, the Christian church. It, it involved a, a dispensing with the belief in supernatural powers or deities. To that degree, it's a it's really the triumph of nominalism. Going back to the 13th century, the nominalist and realist debate of the scholastics. It's really a triumph of nominalist vision over realist vision. I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong, just that that seems to be the project, was to destroy the idea or get rid of the idea that there was a supernatural power of some kind. And in some ways, that was vital to the project of the Enlightenment. Again, not to say that the Enlightenment is right or wrong. It is the result, I think, it is the result of almost 200 years, maybe 300 years, of warfare and famine and civil war and civil unrest. By the time the Enlightenment, first Enlightenment thinkers of the 1700s were doing their writing, Europe had been at war for almost 100 years, either on the continent or on the, on, on, uh, the islands of, of Britain. So there was this tremendous dissatisfaction with the old way of doing things. And the Enlightenment was sort of created in order to suggest an alternative way of looking at the universe. When they did so, part of that project of looking at the universe a new way involved divesting people of their idea that everything had a plan, everything had an order that was connected to a deity. There was an order. There was an order. And Isaac Newton, for instance, one of the first of these Enlightenment thinkers, Isaac Newton suggested that the order was a natural order. Laws of physics, as they were called, thermodynamics. And his whole suggestion that the universe followed a pattern had nothing to do with a creator, necessarily. It had everything to do with a clockmaker god, if anything. A god who had created it and then stepped away. But because the earth was a clock made by something or somebody that clock could be examined, taken apart, probed, reconstituted, and mastered. And thus the idea was that we could master the world by our own intellect. We could dominate it and subdue it 
make it submit to us, yield its secrets. And that turned out to create all these great things that we have now, that we enjoy now. Air conditioning and heating and transportation and food and clothing and government and finance. All those things are the result of this attempt to dominate the world. So we can enjoy those things and say, that's, that's really great that that happened. Because who wants to live in that kind of misery and, and, and short lifespan and disease and slime and pain and all that? Why, who wants to live in that? You look at some parts of the world where this doesn't exist and, and, and they suffer tremendously. But the counter result is that you get a world that is openly hostile you get a world where um, the future looks pretty darn bleak. You get a world where the machinery that we create can easily and, and quickly get out of control. And I think the writers, artists, speculating about that, began to put down their ideas, their vision of darkness and dystopia, into their poems and their novels and their um, paintings and their music as well so that what we get is we get this creation of futuristic writing as early as Mary Shelley there in, in the 1800s and whether that's going to prove beneficial or not who knows but it's just it's just a very intriguing idea there is no future writing works set in the future prior to the enlightenment Anyway, that's the thought for the day, and hope your day is going well. So take care, my friends. Until later.
Salud 